Welcome to Hearing Matters with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. I'm your host, Marty Wolf, and with me, as I mentioned, is Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino. Let's start with you, Dr. Gregory. Kind of give me a snapshot of your background. Well, Marty, I'm, I'm an audiologist for over 35 years. I am the co-founder of Theater Plugs, a founding member of Audiology Services, um, a CAPD aficionado, a level four energy management proponent, confident, joyful, enthusiastic, and invigorated, and I'm a briar pipe collector. <laughs> That's great. Let's see you top that, Blaze Delfino. Yeah, I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Blaze Delfino, I am the Director of Operations at Audiology Services, as well as the CEO and founder of Fader Plugs, LLC. I attended East Stroudsburg University both for my undergraduate and graduate studies, and I hold a master's degree in communication sciences and disorders, and I am a licensed hearing health care practitioner in the state of Pennsylvania. So you do work together. We do. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's make sure we're clear on that. You do work together. We do, yes. In audiology services. Okay, let's start with you, Dr. Dolfino. I read some notes here, and it, uh, it talks about, well, we mentioned in the beginning that there's this growing epidemic of hearing loss, and I read some statistics that kind of kind of shocked me. So, like, the first one I want to mention, I'd like you to give me feedback. There are 48 million Americans who have significant hearing loss. Yeah, Marty, that that number is astounding, and it, and it, you know, that number has grown over the years. Um, we live in a very noisy world, and um, the fact that hearing technology or even hearing protection is not part of our everyday dialogue is certainly a direct result of this mm. growing number. Mm. Not part of our everyday dialogue. No. Why is that? Why is it not? If there's 48 million people out there with significant hearing loss. Why is it not part of our daily dialogue? It's one of those hidden handicaps, Marty, and people are are reticent to talk about hearing mm. loss. They um, they feel as though they can survive or get by uh, with reduced hearing. Um, and so it's not it's not a uh, it, it's not forefront in their in their health care concerns. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Blaze, let's bounce over to you. This is not just quote-unquote older people. Again, some of these statistics that you shared with me. An estimated one in five American teens experience some degree of hearing loss. Again, kind of a shocking number, Blaze. Oh, it, it absolutely is. Looking back when I was in fifth or sixth grade, um, especially today's teens, what are they exposed to? They are exposed to noxious noise. If you walk down the street, or if there are, are teens coming off the bus from their long day at school, what you'll most likely notice are the earbuds in their ears, and they're mm. most likely listening to that music at an extremely loud level, um, a level that is um, essentially tolerable to these teens now, but creating damage in the future. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. Of course, I'm old enough to Rock music, and I had that way too loud, Dr. Delfino, you know? Absolutely, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one of the ones that's suffering because of that, probably, you know? So, again, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go back to this idea that people aren't talking about it. If I understand it, I mean, 
America and a lot of countries are getting older. I would think this is a big, big part of our conversation. What are you seeing? Let's start with you, Doctor. First, when are people coming to you? When does it become an issue? What do you hear, Marty? It becomes an issue um, for many people when their family have decided that they no longer want to be screaming or repeating um, to their family member, whatever, father, mother. Um, And it's also those people that come to us because they have realized that they can no longer understand speech and noise. Mm. People don't necessarily want hearing help to hear better. They want to be able to understand better. Understand better. Well, let's get this out now because we let's share this. I wear hearing aids, and that was my issue. Sure. I could hear reasonably well, but I couldn't un, could not understand. And I've been hearing here have been having had. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Uh, hearing aids for several years now. And that was it. So it's kind of like the workforce, Blaze. Let me bounce over to you for a minute. And you talk to me about talk to me about hearing loss and uh, how it affects children or could affect children in the classroom. Let's start there. And then we want to move into how it might affect um, older adults in the, in the workplace. So affect children in the, in, the, in the classroom. Talk to me about that. Marty, when, when we're talking about untreated hearing loss and hearing loss affecting children in the classroom, so when we're born, of course, we have these milestones of language development, correct? So if a child has a hearing loss and it's somewhat oversought um, and it's not detected, Early on, number one, it can affect that language development, but it will also affect how the child performs in mm. the classroom. What did the teacher say? Is is a hearing loss, um, does the child present with a hearing loss, or does the child present with normal hearing, but do they potentially have what is called central auditory processing disorder? So when it comes to a child presenting with hearing loss in the classroom, it can have the the effects in the long term, which is going to affect the workplace earnings. Mm. We've worked with, um, we have a, a particular case where the individual um, presents with a decrease in hearing sensitivity that has hearing loss and reported to us that they were not as confident um, working with future clients because right. they didn't want to come across, um, they didn't want to be embarrassed yeah. Well, you're so, describing me. Is that what you no. just described me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I and, could see it. And I was very empathetic towards that, as as we both were. Um, and having the opportunity to then reconnect this particular individual to their new hearing world and increase workplace earnings. On your website, I believe it's on your website. There's actually some samples or some videos of people saying the result of having the hearing aids put in. Correct. Yes. yes. And what is your website? Let's get that out right now. Our website, you can visit us at www.audiologyservicespa.com. Say it again. www.audiologyservicespa.com. All right. So um, you are listening to Hearing Matters. My guests, is, guests are Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino, and they work together in that office. So, Dr. Delfino, when should we have our child's hearing checked? Are there indicators we should look at or maybe back up to when is the first time we actually have hearing checked in our children? 
Marty, you know, we've come a long way with regard to screening children for hearing loss. Um, in the late 80s, we started with a universal newborn hearing screening. Um, it is now mandatory in the state of Pennsylvania and many others that every child that is born is tested for hearing loss before they're discharged from the hospital. And that also includes those kids that are born uh, with midwives. They, uh, they also have the opportunity and the resources to have their hearing tested at an outpatient clinic. But... Um, those children that are also at risk for hearing loss, they've, been, they've passed their newborn hearing screening. However, they do have some risk factors that are associated with hearing loss. Those children are typically checked at six-month intervals up until the age of four. Mm-hmm. I mean, if parents are concerned about their child's hearing, one of the, a couple of things they can look for is certainly the child's reduced awareness to sounds, dogs barking, doors slamming. Mm-hmm. But they seem to be a little bit slow to respond. And, and at that age, that's really where uh, the... Uh, the incidence of otitis media or middle ear pathology is prevalent. And so certainly a visit to the pediatrician is a good way to start to see whether or not there's any middle ear infusion. And then also at that point, the pediatrician can refer the child out for a hearing test to make sure that, in fact, if that middle ear is clear, the child may, in fact, have a sensory neural hearing loss, which needs to be treated and worked on. Um, So go to the pediatrician when you see these uh, indicators, if you will. Absolutely, yes. Do you see young children at that age in your clinic? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you do whatever testing is that's appropriate at that level, correct? Yeah, the testing for testing for children and infants is very different from testing from adults. However, we can still get a, a very complete picture as to what their hearing looks like. Sure. So there are, I'm sure there are a lot of common misunderstandings about hearing, hearing technology. Um, uh, Maybe Dr. Gregory Delfino will come back to you again, and then, Blaze, I want you to fill in that. Some common misunderstandings about uh, hearing and hearing uh, technology. Talk to me about that. Well, well certainly, I think when, when people are, are fit with technology, they feel as though that their hearing um, is going to be better than it was when they were in their teens. I got they it. have very unrealistic unreal, expectations as to what the hearing, hearing aid will do. Um, Many times people feel that hearing, hearing loss is really just a, a, a matter of old age, which uh, we, we know is not. We see infants and children with hearing loss. Um, one interesting question we've gotten is that hearing aids, uh, will they make your hearing worse? I think the concern is that they, if you're putting too much loudness in, into a person's ear, that they will sustain some damage. But certainly the contrary is too, because unless we stimulate those hair cells within the cochlea, they continue to atrophy. So without a hearing aid, their hearing loss will certainly get worse. Yeah. So, but again, if no one's been fitted, is that the right word for hearing yeah, aids, Blaze? If no one's been fitted for these hearing aids, um, they really don't know what to expect. So no matter what age you're at, if you are detecting a, a hearing loss of any any form, any shape, um, you know, contact these guys and go through the hearing test. So, so the thing is, if they've never gone through that uh, testing or fitting, you adjust things. I mean, the hearing aids today, the technology are unbelievable. Are Digital they not programmable? Place? No, they absolutely are programmable. Well, t- what do you mean by that? Tell me what you mean by that. So, when we are demonstrating to a patient the capabilities of the hearing instruments themselves. What, what we do is we input the data that Dr. Delfino has collected into the software system. Okay? Got it. Now, each manufacturer has their own proprietary blend when it comes to how the software is set up. So we input their audiogram, their audiometric data, 
And then what we're able to do is program our in-house demo instruments or demo hearing aids, um, and we can program them specifically to that patient's audiometric So data. there's a graph that actually you see. Correct. Am I correct? How's that, Dr. Delfino, huh? Perfect. Having the ex- a guy wearing he- hearing aids is good for this, right? Absolutely. So there's a graph that you can actually look at, correct? Correct. So that's what we call the audiogram. And what we're able to do in the, um, in the computer software systems, the programming systems, is run what is called live speech mapping. So what we're able to show our patients is this is where you're hearing level lies without any hearing aids. And now we're going to turn these hearing instruments on. And then I'm going to talk to you at the same level, which is between 55 and 60 decibels, which is average level conversational speech. And when the patients see that, oh my gosh, there's yeah. a significant difference <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> um, where we're graphing these data points. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and what we're able to do if, if we have a an inexperienced user, so let's just say you've our patient across from us has ne- have never worn hearing instruments, and they say it sounds a little tinny or echoey, we can go in and we can what is called frequency shape. Right. But we also do it, we kind of take it a step further and we run what is called real ear measurement, which is an objective verification tool that allows us to visually see, okay, we are hitting our patient's um, threshold levels, and we're not over-amplifying, and we are not under-amplifying. Let's take a quick break. Running a private practice is challenging, and it's especially difficult if you're using a management software system that's out of date or doesn't really fit your needs. As a former private practice owner, I personally found Cycle to be such an incredible tool that is easy to use and is really in the best interest of my patients. Cycle provides you with industry-specific workflows and features for a smooth running front office. And if you've been listening to the Hearing Matters podcast, you will know that I believe that the front office staff is really the most important position in a hearing care clinic. Learn more at Cycle com. That's S-Y-C-L-E dot com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So you can also adjust them. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm advocating. Uh, I'm, I'm reminding, reminding myself there are 48 million Americans who have significant hearing loss. There's a high probability if you're listening to this show, you might very well have a hearing loss. So... You know, that's why I think this is such a great service. You can adjust it, actually, to hear people speak clearer. You can adjust it in in, in loud rooms and bigger rooms. Is that correct, Dr. Tolfino? That is correct, yes. Yeah, there are, there are additional programs that can be added so that as that patient goes from a quiet environment to a noisy environment to actually a music environment, they want to hear music in a different way, the instruments can be constructed in such a way as that they will enhance those high ends or whatever that, that patient is looking for. That's so important. It, it, it is really so important because everybody has different desires. Of, of course, uh, I, they wanted me to test to see if I could hear my wife. And I said, well, now that really doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think she'll listen to the show. Oh, see, you know, there's a little humor added into the show. Go, How was go. that? Little that was humor. perfect. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Marty, to, to kind of dovetail off what Dr. Delfino just said, what's, what's really incredible about the hearing instruments today, and mind you, 
during this show and the shows moving forward, you will rarely hear Dr. Delfino and I call them hearing aids. It's really okay, hearing technology. Thank you. Good. Because they can do so much more than they could 5, 10, 15 years ago. The instruments today are, are so smart that they can tell the difference between speech and non-speech sounds. Yeah. Hearing technology. Absolutely. Yeah. And I understand that. That's a good point. Let's get let's get uh, real medical for a minute, Dr. Delfino. And you're definitely the person I'm going to ask these questions. Give me some medical points that you feel are important beyond what we've already talked about for us to know. Um, you know, and there are some points that, I, that I've shared that um, Blaze has shared with me. So give me some medical points that you want to talk about, that you want to make sure we know. Well, certainly I, I think um, for anyone that's on any kind of, of medications, um, I think checking with your pharmacist to make sure that um, – there are no contraindications to um, suggest that, that the hearing loss or tinnitus may be part of their taking that medication, any comorbidities. That's an essential part, I think, of what anyone can do um, uh, with regard to protecting themselves. Um, individuals that have balance issues, oftentimes that can be the result of some middle ear pathology. And again, that needs to be looked at very specifically. And there are very uh, uh, there are a number of tests that are designed, particularly to determine balance and hearing loss. Tinnitus is another issue, and tinnitus can really be a masker for some other more important conditions. Explain what that is. Tinnitus or ringing in the ear, um, and it's um, it, it, and, and it's it's prevalent in most people that have sensory neural hearing loss. It can come from the cochlea, but it can also be considered what's uh, referred to as a retrocochlear pathology, something going on beyond the cochlea or eighth nerve, and that really needs to be investigated by an otoneurologist. Mm. So these are some issues, some more specific medical issues with regard to, let's take a look and see what's going on with your hearing, and there may be something else going on. Mm. Blaze, uh, uh, what's been going through my head through this whole discussion is quality of life. Absolutely. Quality of life. And again, uh, on your website, I've seen things and I've experienced myself and other people who have uh, uh, had the good fortune of getting new hearing technology. Uh, tell me, maybe you have a story or two. You talked about the gentleman, the entrepreneur that was struggling and didn't want to move forward. Some stories that you may want to share with us. There's been, and, and we've treated numerous patients who come back to our clinic for their first follow-up. And they report to us, Blaze, I'm able to now understand my wife's voice with increased clarity. I can now understand my grandchildren's voices. I'm mm. now going out and socializing more. Because, Marty, what, um, what we found is that there are specific and different comorbidities linked to untreated hearing loss and untreated hearing loss being linked to cognitive decline. And when that begins to occur... Patients will typically socially withdraw. So yeah, when withdraw. we're talking about quality right. of life, there's there's so many stories and so many success stories and successful fittings that we've had and experienced of getting back into the workforce. Mm. We have we have a, a particular case that reminds me of this where um, we fit this individual with hearing instruments and they are now um, they're now working full time. Wow. They weren't for a little bit, and now they're working full-time. So if that's not a reminder for why we do what we do, yeah. we, we don't think of it as...
has a, a medical device that is just just behind or in your ear. The, the hearing instrument and hearing technology bridges the gap and allows individuals to reconnect to their friends, to their family, to their loved ones. That's how we, and that's really our philosophy when it comes to hearing technology itself. It's so much more than something that's behind or in your ear. It's really increasing your quality of life. Uh, you almost brought a tear to my eye about grandchildren because it made a big difference for me. I could not hear my grandchildren well, mm-hmm. and that made a big difference for me. I have nine, by the way. God bless you. Yeah, God bless me is right. <clears throat> um, we have a lot of things we can talk about. The idea of where you've started to go with Blaze in terms of you know it, how it affects you socially and, 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 and health problems as you get older. It affects a lot of different things. I want to save that for another show. Absolutely. But talk to me about some other things, because we have a lot to look forward to. You're going to be doing this on a regular basis. I think this is a great service. Yeah. So what are some of the topics you think we're going to be talking about? And maybe we'll have some guests join us. Or So what are you thinking about? Martin, one thing that, that's really interesting, another number, is there are 26 million individuals with normal hearing that struggle in noise. And it's interesting. We see that these are young people that will come into our office and will test their hearing, and we see that their ability to understand speech and quiet is excellent. However, once we start to test them in noise, their scores of 100%, which is superb, drop down to 40%, mm-hmm. which means that these people, well, when they come in, they're looking for some answers. And what, we're, what we'd like to address in, in future shows is certainly how do we handle people that struggle with speech and noise. And we've got a couple of unique programs that we put into place, and we've got some really... I think um, good success stories of folks that we have fit with technology that have uh, flourished. Wow. That's something to look forward to. Um, so this is a family practice. So let's close and wrap up our first, our launched program of Hearing Matters. Uh, tell me about the family practice. You have family members involved, right? In addition to your dad here. Yes, our, our chief instrument specialist, Cheryl Delfino. And uh, we also have our um, chief administrator, Autumn Dieter, our patient care coordinator, Mary Sue. Marty, I don't think of this, and I don't think we think of this either as a job. We have the opportunity to help people every single week, every single day. And uh, I had the opportunity to grow up when I was seven when my parents first started this practice, and I'm now 27, so 20... When patients ask, how long have you been doing this? 20 years. <laughs> I've been around it for 20 years. No, but it's... Good so, exposure to it, if you will, oh right? Oh, my gosh. I, I love what I do. We love what we do. Um, I have the opportunity to learn from Dr. Delfino every single day. And to talk about what's on the, the future of the podcast, yeah. we're talking about artificial intelligence implemented into the hearing technology, biometrics, fall detection, speech and noise enhancements, feedback cancellation. We're actually going to have a few of um, thought leaders currently in our industry on the show as well. So definitely stay tuned. Yeah, excellent. So this podcast, which is Hearing Matters, uh, will be available on your website, I understand? Correct. It will be available on our website, YouTube, Facebook, really um, any social media platform that audio that accommodates audio. Sure. So give me your website one more time. Actually, give it to us twice so we can refer to it. You can learn more about audiology services at audiologyservicespa.com. 
audiologyservicespa.com. Again, our website is audiologyservicespa.com. So my guests have been Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino, and they are part of Audiology Services. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much, Marty. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team we can continue to help our community hear life story.